0: Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Good morning, Infused Church. Oh, what a privilege it is to be back sharing God's word with you again. I know I'm not there in person, but aren't you glad that there is no distance, there's no limitation with our incredible God. Pastor Gary, Pastor Jane, thank you so much for inviting Sally and I onto this journey of walking this life and this ministry and and just doing life together for all these years it's been about 10 years or, or possibly even more and we love you guys we value you guys thank you for your faithfulness in serving the church the body of Christ and all the wonderful people at Infuse Church and today uh, I just want to encourage you Infuse Church to celebrate your pastors celebrate your leaders why don't you contact them this week? Why don't you encourage them this week? I know I'm saying it in front of them, but it's just what I feel to say and do. Encouragement goes a long way. You know, that's the essence of Father's heart for people, isn't it? To strengthen, to encourage, to comfort. And that's the essence of the prophetic. And, and I'm called to the prophetic ministry, and I want to share from that vein today. And I want to lean in. Let me pray, and then I want to share what Father has laid upon my heart. Father, I thank you right now that you are with us. The wonderful people sitting in their homes, sitting wherever they may be, in whatever room. Lord God, we're not meeting together in the, in the building that is Infused Church. But Lord, we are in our homes. We are separated by distance. But we are together in the Spirit. And I'm asking, Spirit of the Living God, that you will come and you'll just manifest your presence. Let the glory of God right now fill every room. We worship you. We adore you. We welcome you. We honor you. Lord, lead us today. Lord, would you speak what's on your heart for these, your precious people? Would you strengthen them? Would you encourage them? Would you comfort them? Father, let faith arise. Let us Have your word for right now in this season, but also your word from this season. What you're going to do. Just speak into us. Strengthen us today. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To God alone be all the honor and the glory. Amen. 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 Uh, Father laid a couple things upon my heart, but interestingly often when he does that then he expands it and expounds upon it and and gives me complete clarity of where we're going now. He's given me some thoughts and he's given me some scriptures, but I I didn't get a complete picture and even right now I don't have a complete picture. I don't say that to say I haven't prepared. That's not the case. And I lent and said, Father, why am I not getting the full clarity here? And, and then this is what I felt, I had statements but they were incomplete and, and sometimes he drew my attention to in our lives, your life, my life. Sometimes when we hear a whisper of God, we hear a statement from God. We go, oh, that's great. And then we want God to give all the details and, and give all the fine print and to map it out perfectly so we know exactly where we're going. And then maybe we'll jump on board and say, okay, let's do this. We, especially for those of us who like our lists and like our structure, we want it all mapped out. And I just feel the Father really wants us to get our attention today that He doesn't always do that in our lives. Have have you discovered that? He doesn't always map it all the way out. And sometimes maybe that's because we wouldn't say yes if we knew exactly what was entailed. But uh, there's different reasons for it. But Father's been dropping this phrase into my heart. And that is follow the crumbs. Just, you know, sometimes we want a full meal dished up and it's all there and got it all now. But sometimes God just gives a crumble to two and you, you follow the crumbs. And, and from that place, he, he leads us on this journey and we discover as we go. There is an element of faith in the process, but that's not a negative thing, my friend. That's a wonderful thing. And God wants us to be ones that, uh, at a whisper, at just a phrase, just a word, just a little hint of something, we'll go, yes, God, and we'll start to step out. Because in Jeremiah 1, God calls the prophet Jeremiah, and he calls them to some large things, some great things, and Jeremiah straight up says, oh, I think you got the wrong man, I'm pretty young, I don't know how to talk, and maybe, maybe that's the reality of your life. Maybe when God calls you to some things, you're very quick to disqualify yourself and say, why you can't do what God says you can do. And it's because you see your present reality. Ah, I've been in the same boat many times in my life. I I understand that. I think God understands that. But God turned to Jeremiah and said, come on, let's not say that anymore. And he gives a beautiful promise. He goes, you must go wherever I tell you to go and say whatever I tell you to say. And then he says this, open your mouth and I will fill it. And I really think this is the essence of what God wants to get as a starting point for us today. That if we open our mouth, God will fill it. See, we want God to give us the words first, and then we'll open our mouth. God says, no, open your mouth, then I will fill it. Follow the crumbs, I'll take you to the meal. I've given you some statements. Will you step out in faith? And so, I want to practice what I preach, and I've got a couple thoughts. And Let's just step through some things here together and see what God wants to say today. The first thing that God said to me was the word culture. The word culture. And and, and I see that you as a people going out into environments, going out into environments and bringing a change of values that results in a change of culture. You going out into environments bringing a change of values that results in a change of culture. Let me tell you what culture is. Culture is the ideas, the customs, and the social behavior of a particular people or society. It is the ideas, the customs, the social behavior, the culture, that whole environment, what something is like. And often when we start to think about the word culture, we, we automatically go straight to the, the church when it comes to culture. And, and we think about how the culture of the church is should affect the culture of the world. And I want to say a hearty amen. I do believe that the the culture of the church should influence and affect positively the culture of the world. For too long, in too many places, the culture of the world has affected the culture of the church. Church, this ought not to be. It, the, the the culture that we see in the in the media and the entertainment and in the business and, and in society and sporting events and wherever it may be, the the culture that is in the world can so often, come on, entertainment's a big one, it can influence the culture of the church, and when I say church, I don't just mean the corporate gathering, I mean you, I mean me, people of God, and that's not the way it should be, it should not be from the culture of the world to the culture of the church, but it should be from the culture of the church to the culture of the world, can I hear an amen to that? But then Father took it a little bit deeper and he's taking a bit deeper right now. That when we come to culture, we start with the church and how it should affect the world. But this is what God has really leaned me into that when we think about the culture on this earth, it does not start with the church, it starts with the culture of heaven. See, we should never start when we talk about the culture of the church, it should not start with with ourselves and what we think it should be like. No, the Bible says in Matthew 6, when the disciples said to Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? He said, this is how you pray in verse nine onwards. And he says, our father in heaven, come on. When we pray, we're praying to our father in heaven. not just on this earth. It's not just about God coming down to here and now, bringing him down to our level. No, come boldly before his throne of grace. Do you not know that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places? We need to understand that the Father is in heaven. Even Jesus himself, he doesn't live in our hearts. The Holy Spirit, you're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He lives in your heart. Where is Jesus right now? He is ascended to the right hand of the Father in Ephesians 1, it says. So the Father and Jesus, they're in heaven together. The Holy Holy Spirit lives in us, and so when we pray, pray to our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy is your name, and then in verse 10, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, let your authority and your rule, let your will, your intention, your heart, your desire, let the culture of heaven come on earth, where? As in heaven, not just in the world as in the church. Although, yes, that is it. But the starting point is not the church. The starting point is heaven. Does it make sense? I pray we understand this today. So what is the culture of heaven? What a great question you ask. Let's have a look at that together. What is the culture of heaven? What is the culture of heaven like? Very simply, the culture of heaven is like God. (laughs) Let's not think about something external from God and environments and what does it look like. No, no, no. The culture of heaven is like God. That's what heaven is like. Heaven is the presence of God, the presentness of God. It is being with God. Don't think heaven is a physical location and try to work out what it looks like. We don't know, but heaven is where God is present, and that's where we're going to be for all eternity. So what should the culture of the church look like? The culture of the church should be like God, and that is what we want to flow through the church into the world. In the book of Galatians, in chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it really, when you talk about God, you can talk about so many th- things. The Bible is full. The Bible really is a storybook about God. It, it is a love letter from God. It is not a rule book for us to follow. Primarily, there are some instructions. That's not to make bad people good. It's to keep... Uh, free people, free. It's a beautiful thing. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Way back in Genesis chapter 2 verse uh, 16, do you not know that you are free to eat of all these good things? Exodus 20, that God brought the children of Israel out of slavery, uh, out of Egypt into freedom. And he says, now that you are free, here's 10 commands, not to make you good, but to keep you free so you don't go back to slavery. We need to understand the heart of God because the heart of God is actually what the culture of heaven is all about. And that is what the church should look like. We should look like God. 1 John 4, it says that in this world we are like Jesus. And so what is God like? That's a great question because this should be the culture of our lives. It should be the culture of the church because when this culture flows through the church, it will impact The world. It says this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, this is what the Spirit's like. This is what the Spirit, remember it's the Spirit of Jesus, it's the Spirit of God. They are inseparable, they are, Jesus was the exact representation of the Father, Hebrews 1-3 tells us. And now the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, Jesus reveals the Father, and what the Spirit is like is what the Lord Jesus is like, which is what the Father is like. This is the culture of heaven. This should be the culture of the church. And this is what we desire for the culture of the world to be like. Galatians 5, 22-23 But the fruit of the Spirit is... Is love The first thing is, the culture of heaven is a culture of love. The culture of the church should be a culture of love. Because God is love, 1 John 4 verse 8 says, and verse 16 says, God is love. First Corinthians 13, we, we know it, we talk about it, but love, it talks about love is patient and kind, and does not, envy does not boast. The scripture that we often read at weddings, it is not just something that we should be, that is what God is like. God is love. And that should be the greatest culture when we think about the church, about our lives. Are we recognized by love? Are we known by love? Because that's the culture we want. Love is about giving at the expense of yourself. Isn't that what God did? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That is the evidence of love that it gives even when it costs. It costs the Father greatly. It costs the Lord Jesus greatly. And too many times we, we say, I love this. I love this fruit. I love this animal. I, I, I love the the person I'm living with that I'm not even married to. We use the word love so Just so flippantly. But true love gives, even at the expense of self. While lust is about getting at the expense of others. And the culture of this world, and can I say sometimes the culture of our lives is about us getting, us getting what we want, even if it's at the expense of others. That's never the culture of heaven. It should never be the culture of the church. That love is not like that. That love gives. God gave. God is love. The culture of heaven, the culture of the church that we want to actually influence the culture of the world is love. Joy. True joy is found in the presence of the Lord, not in the abundance of possessions. Joy does not come from what we have. The things that we have in this world. Sometimes we can lose things and man, we lose our joy. But hang on, that that maybe happiness, maybe some... I get some feelings, but joy is found in the presence of God. This is the culture of heaven, love, joy, peace. Oh, how the world needs peace. But church, we need peace. And peace comes, again, the Prince of Peace. It comes from who he is. And when we keep our minds fixed on him, he gives us a peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, the peace is in Christ, not just from Christ, And this is the culture of heaven, love, joy, peace, forbearance, or or patience, Uh, patience, that we need patience, we need patience right now, we need kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, against such things there is no law, this is the fruit of the Spirit, this is the fruit of the Father, and of the sun, this is the culture of heaven, and I want to encourage us, why don't we just meditate on that this week, Father, how am I going in these nine, uh, fruit that are mentioned here, how's my self-control, come on, think about it in the world, if it feels right, just do it, if it feels right, it can't be that bad, there's songs that just say things that are just so contra to the Spirit of the Living God, the Spirit of God. Self-control comes from being controlled by the Holy Spirit, not by our own desires and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, but actually by the Spirit of the Living God. Not my will, but yours be done, said Jesus. This is a self-control, not just my desires, my flesh desires. Jesus had the flesh. The flesh is not a bad thing. It's just the natural appetites and desires. But he submitted his flesh. He submitted his will to the Father's will. That's the essence of self-control. It's not just saying no to a piece of chocolate or to a, another donut. Although that can be a part of it. It is actually a submitting of my will to Father's will. That is self-control, a submission. And there, we need a gentleness. We need a kindness. be the culture we don't need to be just speaking out against things and being harsh and critical and using the word of God as a sword to beat people up really I just want to bring this down I just feel the spirit of God right now the essence of the culture of the church that should influence the culture of the world comes from the culture of heaven and that is what is God like the fruit of the spirit Galatians 5 22 and 23 gives us a beautiful picture. And why don't we have some talks with Father this week and ask him, how am I going in this? Because here's the deal. In John 15, 5, it says, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. I'm the main part, you're connected to me. If you remain in me and I remain in you, we stay connected, we stay going deeper and deeper and deeper. It says, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, You can do nothing. If we're not connected to him in this deepening relationship, we can do nothing. And here's the deal. The fruit is available by the Holy Spirit. If you're connected to me and I'm connected in you, we remain in each other. You will bear fruit. Which fruit? Is that the fruit of just achieving things? No, it's the fruit of the Spirit. This culture of heaven comes from a connection to the vine, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Father, through the Holy Spirit. It's available by the Holy Spirit, but it's accessible by our actions, by our decisions. The Bible says that we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, First Corinthians six nineteen and 20. And he lives in us. So he is always in us. But my question is are we always in him? Sometimes I make decisions in the flesh, in my own desires. And sometimes I know it's not what the Spirit of God wants. I'm being transparent with you. None of us are perfect. We're on this journey together. But I want to encourage us: If we're going to be a church that has the culture of heaven, and through us, the church, the culture of heaven is going to uh, become the culture of this world that when we go into environments, we're going to see a shift of values, and it's going to bring a shift in culture. Then we need to be people that we are connected to the vine, and we access the fruit by the Holy Spirit. See, We can't strive to produce the fruit. We have to stay connected to produce the fruit. But decisions we make along the way can release that fruit or hinder that fruit. I want to be one that the Holy Spirit is in me, but I am in the Spirit. I see you going into environments and bringing a change of values that results in a change of culture i just want to talk about values for a few moments here today when i looked at this word values and and values culture it can almost be interchangeable but as we go out into environments i I see us bringing a change of values that results in a change of the culture we want the we, we want our lives to be like Jesus. We want people to encounter Jesus. We want God to change people's lives. And we want to see that God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth, including outside of the four walls of a church. Through the church, we want to see the kingdom culture of heaven come into every environment, of every workplace, every family, all of entertainment, all of society, and government, and schools, we and education, we want to see God's kingdom come. How does that happen? How does that happen? It comes by us, the church, bringing a different set of values into every environment. And just two things about values. I, I want you to get this. I, I felt prompted to look at the word values... In the dictionary, it says the worth of something compared to the price paid for it or asked for it. Come on, think about this. The worth compared to the price paid. The worth compared to the price paid. If I pay $2.50 for something, that I can tell you right now it's not worth a lot. Why? Because I don't pay much. But when you pay such a high price for something, the worth goes so up. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The the value of every person, every person, why we're sinners, Christ died for us. The worth of every person in your environment, in your workplace, in your family life, in the worst place, in the brothels, in the prisons where people, uh, even the life, the value of of a person who commits murder. Please hear me. The Apostle um, Paul was a Saul, the terrorist who consented to the murder of Stephen. Yet his value was such a high value because Jesus Christ paid the price and God encountered him. And when he saw his value, it changed the culture of his life and he became a foundation for the church and the writings of the apostle Paul. I want to declare that when we take um, the culture of heaven by bringing a value to the people in our world, people I've spoken to about where they're at. they're spoken down to people see the problems and they talk about the problems and even as christians we can write people off because of their present place but jesus christ he saw this terrorist and saw an apostle in him and he saw a value and he called out his value and that changed the culture what would happen if every person was treated as the priceless person that they are in Jesus Christ. Those that are far off, they have a value because God paid a price for them. What would happen if we go in and we treat the worst person in every environment as precious enough for Jesus to die for? The culture of that person's life would change because the value changed. The value changed. You and I can treat people with such a high value. And the second thing is under value is principles or standards of behavior. Principles or standards of behavior. One's judgment of what is actually important in life. What is really important in life. The Bible is our standard for living. It sets the culture. It sets the standards. It determines what is right in life. So what would happen if in every environment We were the example of what is right for life. We were the example of how to treat your spouse. We were the example of how to treat your children. We were the example of how to be a diligent, faithful um, worker, employee, maybe a faithful boss, employer. We were the ones that brought the culture in because of the value that we placed on things, that we know the Word of God and we bring the value of what God has determined as right or wrong, not what the world, the church should not follow the world, the world should follow The church, but the church should follow the kingdom of heaven, what God is like. Culture. I pray God's been speaking to you. I want to finish and I just get this phrase according to your word. And I want to encourage you to read in Luke 1 26 to 38. Luke 1. 26 to 30. I'm not going to read it, but when the angel came to Mary and spoke just an impossibly, uh, just impossible statement of you're going to give birth to the Son of God as a virgin, come on, what? But she said, Be it unto me according to your word. And I just want to encourage you with this last thought. What would happen if we live right now in this? Isolation time, right now in this time where now things are opening up a bit more. But in every environment, when God speaks, it's not be it unto me according to the situation, according to this problem, according to this medical report, be it unto me according to what they say or, or how they treat me, be it according unto me according to how my history would dictate or how fear would try to stop me. But no, 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 no. Be it unto me according to your When we go into environments, we can treat people how God wants us to treat because be it unto me according to your word. Freely I have received, freely I give. I being forgiven much, I will love much. I want to encourage you to be people of the word of God. Praise God. Have you settled in a place of confident trust in who God is and on what God says? I pray you have. I just want to bless you in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you to stay connected to your local church, to feed yourself. Uh, Every week, be part of Infuse Church. Be part of what happens during the week and online. But in addition to that, I really want to encourage you that we have heaps of prophetic empowerment available through David McCracken Ministries. We love to encourage the church. And I encourage you to follow David McCracken Ministries. Um, There's so many ways you can follow us online there. And I also have regular prophetic encouragement through videos and quotes on my own personal social media, I want to encourage you to uh, check that out. Believe in You, daily devotional, I write uh, every day just to encourage and strengthen. You can sign up for that and receive that via email. I pray that blesses you. And we have a brand new David McCracken Ministries website full of articles and teachings, blogs, videos, podcasts. If you want to learn to hear God's voice more and more, I want to encourage you to go on there, saturate yourself. This is a time to feed ourselves on who God is, what God is like. The more that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, the more that we will become like Him. The more we will carry the culture of heaven. And we will be able to bring that into the church and through the church into the world and bring the values, the true value that God sees for every person that we will bring that to every person and see a shift in culture. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray a blessing upon these, my dear friends. Lord, will the word of God be sealed in their heart. Let it go deep within them. Let it result in life. And I just pray a blessing upon Infused Church Who they are and all that they do. To God alone be the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmcracken.org.